Radio. Hello and welcome to CryptoCurrent, the only podcast to bring you beginner and advanced knowledge of cryptocurrency and blockchain, analyses of cryptocurrency markets, and discussions on growing a business within the crypto space. Stay tuned and stay CryptoCurrent. Hi, this is Michelle with CryptoCurrent. I'm here with Richard and Adam, and today this is episode five, and we'll be discussing blockchain, its underlying technology, uh, its relation to the business world, and cryptocurrencies. Uh, so today we're gonna uh, first I'll uh, introduce Richard and Adam. Uh, thanks for ha- being here with me, and uh, look forward to talking with you guys about blockchain. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, happy to be here. Hey, Michelle. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Alrighty. So. I think we'll start us off with um, just a little bit of a definition of what blockchain is, and then we'll kind of move into uh, you know how it relates to cryptocurrency and how it relates to the business world in general. Uh, and so blockchain is really looked at as this kind of worldwide ledger, otherwise known as a distributed ledger, where info um, is stored and transactions are able to happen uh, very in a very streamlined way um, that facilitates trust among various parties. And the kind of uh, the underlying value that blockchain provides is that it increases the speed of these transactions, it lowers the costs of them, it elevates security levels, and uh, and it decreases the errors that are made within these transactions. And uh, you kind of think of blockchain as like this global spreadsheet, where uh, you know if you had this Excel spreadsheet with all of these different transactions or information being stored, instead of the information being stored on one computer, like if you had Microsoft Word or something like that, uh, it's actually stored on the network itself. So if you have a computer, you're able to download this information uh, and it's, it's made public. And so uh, essentially, because it's not uh, hold, held in one uh, location, anybody can access it. All right, Michelle, a uh, quick question on that. So I know that you explained uh, what blockchain is and you're doing a really good job of, of uh, making a little more personal and breaking it down. But to put in a little bit more layman terms, um, Adam has a pretty good example that he likes to talk about within the car industry. Um, Adam, would you like to give that example real quick? Absolutely. No. And I, I, I love this analogy. I say this, I say this all the time, but so I think one of um, probably the most exciting use cases for blockchain applies to this company called Car Vertical, who is, uh, they have a cryptocurrency they haven't really integrated, in my opinion, a way to uh, use those tokens in a way that makes sense. They are more so just a company that is trying to incorporate blockchain and are probably overcompensating by trying to get in with the cryptocurrency fad. But Car Vertical, Car Vertical is has designed this this way for. Uh, car dealerships specifically used car dealerships to integrate this this blockchain um this this blockchain platform that they have created that allows these dealerships to consolidate their their car data onto a blockchain and from there they're able to see uh uh any changes that have been made to any of their cars, right? So this it sort of takes out the it takes out the need for service like services like Carfax, right? Where uh, it it solves this problem where when you're when you're going to buy when you're going to buy a used car, you can look up 
Carfax, you can you can obviously do your best to ask the dealership what has happened and you can hope. All you can really do is hope for a truthful explanation of what has happened to this car. But with Car Vertical, with this blockchain integrated system, there are no longer questions. There's no longer there are no longer opinions on what has happened to this car because with this VIN number and this blockchain platform, any change that is made to this car, any accident this car has been into, anytime, anytime uh, the car is serviced for anything, this is automatically uploaded to a blockchain. It is then uh, there transparently for anyone to see forever. And so uh, I just think it's a pretty it's a pretty useful application of blockchain. And again, this is only sort of uh, one of one of many, many, many exciting use cases blockchain has, but this is definitely one of my one of my favorites. For sure. And kind of getting back into uh, what is blockchain in the first place and, and how other use cases can go. Um, Michelle, did you have uh, more information on, on how uh, blockchain is being developed and utilized? Well, yeah. So I kind of wanted to go into what Adam was saying about uh, the fact that you can kind of trust this uh, this system of blockchain to provide this reliable information. And the kind of the way that that works um, is through uh, the fact that, so each block essentially is, is kind of like this spreadsheet, like I was talking about before, where uh, it's just a store of, of information or transactions. And uh, each block must refer to the last block, or it can also refer to the, the block ahead of it, uh, using um, a system called hashing, uh, which is a, a programming term. Uh, which basically means that one block um, will have information in it that uh, that refers to the last block through um, taking. So there's strings of information, which essentially is just the total amount uh, of information. So if you had medical documents, it would just be um, all of the medical documents in one string. And so if you make any alteration to that string, uh, then what happens with hashing is um, the uh, computer creates this algorithm that has an output um, that can be up to infinity amount of uh, units or bits. The actual hash, what it does is it, it kind of encrypts that string. And so uh, when you have one block referring to another block, it's not just referring to... So most, most uh, ways that uh, information is stored is through uh, just referring back to the location of the information, right? But that um, if someone changes the actual information in that location, if the block is just referring back to that location, then that information changes, then uh, you will never know if something is um, is altered, right? But if it's referring back to not, because right, this is on a network, right? So if it's not referring back to a location of the information, but instead the actual information itself through this encryption, then if you change any piece of that information, um, you are altering that entire hash and so, or the, the entire string. And so with that, each block can be trusted. So as you add new blocks, it's referring back to the old block. And so you have this network of blocks uh, where if any piece of information in any of these blocks is altered, then the whole system kind of like goes on alert and um, all of the people that are, or the computers that are verifying these blocks, um, which makes it you know distributed, uh, they can go in and say, oh, something was changed. This doesn't work anymore. And so then they can go back and they can reject that new block or that new addition to the block. If necessary, right? And so I think I think it's important to emphasize here that like one of the best 
one of the most important takeaways uh, with these uh, with with the transparency of blockchain is the fact that let's say again to use the medical history analogy. So like uh, company A has has my health records on a certain data. I think with uh, in in today's world, right? I could theoretically go in to that company through hacking or uh, well, let's just say that. So theoretically, I'm able to get myself into the system that hosts my my medical history data on on this company's on this company's network i can now go in there and and maybe take off or uh yeah well take off the fact that uh erase that heart surgery that i had that has now increased my insurance rates exponentially right and 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 that is uh that's a problem. Maybe, you know, this may, may not seem like an everyday problem, but like things like this, that is, uh, that is a leak. That is a crack in the system, right? But with, with blockchain, any time data is altered, there is an uh, obvious, there is an obvious recognition of that data being altered and the previous data is no longer gone. That still exists. And so you cannot go in on blockchain and just change now that I have uh, not had that very uh, serious heart surgery because it will always refer back to uh, the source and the string of that of that streamlined data because at one point it is very clear that I have had that surgery. And so afterwards, uh, and Michelle mentioned uh, block being rejected, this is a this is a scenario where where something like that would be applicable because uh, if changes are at least tried to be made to a certain uh, system of data that are inaccurate or are um, that go against uh, the like true nature of that of that data, uh, it it is it's obvious it's no longer questionable. And again, I think uh, the emphasis with this with car vertical with a lot of these blockchain um, processes is the importance of removing human opinion or having to trust uh, a, a human's word on whether or not something happens because people can act in their best interest and et cetera, you know, so. Right, and and, and actually speaking towards that, another great prime example um, that I like to refer to is Walmart. So Walmart is beginning to roll out blockchain and uh, their systems as well. So when they're doing their stock, when they're doing their inventory and they're having to do all the logistics, of uh, where uh, things are coming from. So let's say food, things are coming from China and you have to bring it um, from China to a warehouse, from that warehouse to uh, a flight, that flight to another warehouse here in the States and then bringing it to the distribution um, to whatever uh, place that it's going to. You need to be able to quickly see where everything came from, to be able to take the inventory and trace it back uh, to a certain point. But also within that blockchain as well, being able to see um, where all of those interactions occurred, what dates they occurred, uh, so that you can also be seeing like, is this uh, is this all coming on time or do we have enough? If, if we know when we order a certain amount and it comes in this amount of time and then we run out a week later, uh, when is the proper time to then um, order some more inventory for this? And so what ends up happening is you have this great automated way to increase your productivity, but also have this record um, that's taken a lot of the human interaction out and making sure that uh, you have something back that is um, that has substance that you can truly see 
um, where all of your different transactions are occurring. Right. Well, more than just uh, when is the best time to take this equipment, it, uh, and you you touched on this for a second, but it's like this information I Walmart have have uh, have marked here that we did receive all seven hundred and fifty six thousand of these toothbrushes. It is marked here. It says we've done that, but have have we actually done that? That's that's questionable, right? And so with uh, and and food, well, inventory, supply chain inventory is another one of, in my opinion, the most exciting blockchain applications because it's like today. Let's say we are Walmart. You have a warehouse of, I mean, I can't even come up with the number for the amount of uh, items Walmart has in in inventory, right? But let's say you have a, a warehouse with one million products. You have people that have to check when those products get there. You have to check that uh, they are there. You have to acknowledge when those products move, leave, are sold, for how much they're sold, et cetera. But with blockchain and specifically integrating uh, what's called RFID technology, you it, it, it removes this, in my opinion, unnecessary labor and inefficiency side of of tracking inventory where now instead of having to go with your pen and pencil or whatever however walmart uh, likes to uh, track their their inventory and check where certain things are if they have all came as they say they have you you can now come with rfid technology anytime walmart buys anything they immediately apply an rfid chip to their blockchain network that rfid chip not only is able to 24 7 365 in real time track where that where that product is but you can also apply a variety of metrics to it like what is the temperature of this toothbrush versus this toothbrush relative to where it is in our warehouse how much was this toothbrush sold for when exactly was it sold when did it leave when did it leave the warehouse when did it come in so all of these all of these applications all of these obviously uh necessary metrics for inventory that RFID and blockchain are able to provide. Well, my Actually, my favorite example, um, which I'm actually sure that this has happened yet, but uh, one possible application, if it already hasn't been developed, is uh, so when you go to buy something that's fair trade, or you buy something that's you know made in China, Indonesia, the problem with that is that on both ends, you know, one end, if you're just buying something that says made in China, like, is it made by child labor? Is it made, you know, how was this product actually, you know, um, created versus fair trade? You know, something can say it's fair trade, but fair trade is a very broad scope. And so something could be fair trade just because you're paying them the amount that, you know, is um, acceptable to a person living in, you know, West Africa, but maybe that's not fair, you know, like what, what, what does that really mean? And so blockchain, because it tracks this supply chain it, with uh, really good accuracy, we can actually, as consumers, we can see, you know, where these products are really coming from, what labor, uh, what technology went into making them. And we can, you know, actually feel good about buying certain products. We can know that when you're buying something with fair trade, that, that the person, you know, at the very far end, if you're buying fair trade coffee, that that person is receiving an actual fair wage for what they're producing which I think is really cool. And uh, another actually application uh, or kind of more history that I was thinking about was uh, the 2008 financial crisis in terms of making alterations to things um, in terms of when we were talking about the automotive application. So with the 2008 financial crisis, the problem with that is that we had to, we had to trust these in- institutions by 
banks, financial institutions, to say that certain loans, certain house loans, were triple A house loan. And that was what created this bubble was that um, we had opinions of people, back to what Adam was saying, where someone said, well, this is, in my opinion, this is a triple A loan. But you can just say that no matter what, you know, um, even if someone has a horrible... Quick, quick, quick interjection on that, just to make sure everyone un- understands what that means. So if, if I say I have a triple A loan, like, what does that mean? That just means that your ability to pay back that loan is is really the the probability that you will pay back that loan is really high. Highly probable. Um, and so so that was kind of what you know caused this whole problem in the financial market at that time because we instead of trusting a network and objects within like the information transactions within those networks to verify these loans, we just trusted bankers and other you know financial um, executives to say these are these types of loans, these are this types of loans, and so. You know, in terms of preventing something like this happening again, uh, if we integrate blockchain much more globally and in th- across industries, then uh, we won't have that problem of inserting human opinion into the verification system that we have for you know anything from consumer products to to financial instruments like loans. Awesome, and a lot of great practical use cases for blockchain, which is why we're very excited and we're very passionate about the future of blockchain and where it is headed. So I guess one of the questions that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are having right now is, what is that bridge between both blockchain and cryptocurrency? Like, how does that interweave together? And and why is cryptocurrency excited or an exciting place to be in? Um, what What is that bridge? And one of the things that I really want to look at is why cryptocurrency is, is here and, and has great application is that the transaction side of money and being able to have a currency that anywhere that you go in the world, it's an understood form of how much something is worth. Um, I actually just spoke with someone um, last week uh, who is out in the Philippines working for um, Shell. And he was saying that one of the biggest issues that he has is trying to convert the money that he gets in the Philippines back to U.S. dollars. He ends up losing a significant amount of money trying to do that conversion. One of the great use cases of cryptocurrency is if he was able to get the money that he was getting in the Philippines, convert that into one of the cryptocurrencies, let's say uh, Bitcoin, um, no matter where he were to go, whether he's in the United States, England, no matter what, once he was trying to get that money into that place, it's understood how much that cryptocurrency is worth. And the, the fact that they can make a transaction of, of that and, and understanding what that price is and do it securely and, and do it quickly is, is very crucial. My favorite use case that, um, you know, we were just referring to is the fact that, you know, so if I wanted to buy Vegemite, because I love Vegemite, it's very hard to get that in the U.S., but it's you know abundant in Australia. And so if I, if we were on a cryptocurrency system, I could just use the cryptocurrency that I had rather than, uh, you know, having to convert that or like go, you know, scour the internet for some place that will sell me Vegemite. And a more serious application uh, is, you know, for instance, a woman in Afghanistan most women in Afghanistan are not allowed to or um, cannot uh, afford with their money uh, to buy a computer. And so this has a real global application because it allows people that don't have access because of their government's limitations and the the resources that they have. You know, now that we can do worldwide shipping and you have global industries and global companies that can provide these resources, but because we have the limit on currency, 
because you can only buy in your currency. Um, even though these all these things can be shipped to you, can you can go out and get them, you're not able to um, actually engage in those opportunities of increasing your uh, socioeconomic status. Because if you you know want to become a computer, if a woman in Afghanistan wants to become a computer programmer, but she doesn't have a computer, then there's you know there's no way for her to do that. Whereas now, you know, if she buys some Bitcoin and then buys the computer with that Bitcoin, she now is able to engage in that economic opportunity that otherwise was completely lost to her. Right. I think that's a great example of how cryptocurrency and blockchain are able to, uh, in a very realistic, tangible way, provide some actual social utility to the world and and some of the problems that are experienced by people. But uh, to be honest, this and examples like this are really just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap today's episode up. And next week, in more elaborate detail, we'll be going over the ways that cryptocurrency and blockchain are integrated, and what we as a society can expect from this new and exciting technology. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Cryptocurrent. As a quick reminder, if you want some more information about everything that's happening within the cryptocurrency community and also with things that are going on in blockchain, please go check out our newsletter if you go to www.astronetwork.co, that's .co. You can go to a tab that says newsletter. Um, you can sign up. And what's going to happen is you're going to start receiving the latest news in cryptocurrency. It's a daily email that comes out Monday through Sunday. It's personalized and curated content specific to your interest. It's powered by artificial intelligence. Um, we're getting hundreds of people to sign up. You'll love it. Um, go check it out and continue to gain your knowledge in cryptocurrency. This has been another episode of Cryptocurrent bringing you one step closer to becoming a crypto and blockchain aficionado. We look forward to giving you the latest in crypto news and analyses next week. Stay Cryptocurrent. Now.